Teaching math is hard, and it's even harder when you hate math. When you're an upper elementary teacher, you're expected to be an expert in all the subjects. So it can even be tough to reach out to other teachers when you need help. And if you don't feel supported by your admin, then it's easy to feel lost and completely hopeless when it comes to teaching math. No wonder you hate it. But don't worry, you're not alone. You're now a part of the best unofficial math PLC for upper elementary teachers learning to love math. Hey teacher, and welcome to the Learning to Love Math podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm a teacher, tutor, math learning coach, and TPT seller behind Math with Minis. In just two years, I went from basically being math literate to having students make two years of game with math in my classroom. My hope is that this podcast inspires you, motivates you, and gives you some free tips and tricks that you can use in your classroom right away so that you can learn to love math and so that your students can learn to love math. Let's get started. Today, we're going to be talking about math fact fluency, and specifically, I want to talk about why speed matters. There's a big movement in education right now to either completely eliminate speed and automacity when it comes to helping students recall and memorize their math facts, but I think this is a big mistake. Now, I want to say math fact mastery and math fluency in general is about so much more than memorization, but I do believe that memorization and having that quick recall is a great place to start. And here's why. In real life, as adults, as teenagers, as they get up into more advanced math and algebra, geometry, calculus, and beyond, they're going to need to be able to recall information quickly. Now, I know in a lot of amazing math teachers and influencers and mathematicians I follow will say that this is the opposite, that we need to be going deeper. We need to be building conceptual understanding. We need to help them understand what numbers are and build that number sense. And in a degree, I do agree. We do need those things. We do need for students to build that conceptual understanding. We need for them to have number sense. We need for them to be able to explain the strategies that they are choosing to use, why they think that's the best one. And of course, we want for students to talk about math and to be able to explain their reasoning and thinking. That's what builds critical thinkers and that's what helps them to build logic. But the problem is when students are solving problems that use math in real time, they don't always have time to talk and think about these things. Like, let's think of instances when we're using math, when we're going out to eat, when we're at a grocery store, when we're making a a purchase, when we're comparing purchases. Sometimes we have to make these decisions in split seconds. And I think we don't give students enough credit sometimes. We say, oh, they need more time. Honestly, I think when we say that, with a few exceptions, we're honestly building learned helplessness. I think that's a terrible thing to instill in students, and it just shows them this is something hard, this is something you can't do, so we're just going to make it easier for you and not have you do it. I don't think that teaches a good lesson to students, and I don't think that really serves them when they're actually solving math problems in real time. Students need to have automaticity. They need to be able to recall math facts quickly, and they need to be able to reserve their thinking and brain power for those more complex problems and algorithms. Joe Bowler, I hope I'm saying her name right because I love her written work. She is someone who I adore. I love that she wants for everyone to love math. And I completely understand where she's coming from when she's saying that timed math tests aren't really helpful. They're a source for math anxiety and stress and that she thinks that we shouldn't really have them. And if you've listened to my podcast before, or if you've read my blog, or if you talk to me, then you'll know that math, anxiety, and stress is something I definitely believe in. It's something I've experienced myself for many years. I used to think, I'm not a math person, I can't do this. 
And I love her because she really has the same mission. She wants to show people that it's not about being a math person or a reading person or a language person. Anyone can do math and everyone should love math because it's this magical thing that's all around us. But where we disagree is that timed math tests themselves are the source for math stress and anxiety. Now, firstly, again, another controversial stance, I don't actually think that a little bit of stress or anxiety is totally terrible. There's a reason that we have it from like a human biological standpoint. A little bit of stress and anxiety gets us to do things quickly with urgency. It helps us to stay focused and it helps us to prioritize whatever is most important in that immediate moment. A little bit of stress is good. Exercise is stress. We're putting physical stress on our bodies in order that we can grow. We're literally breaking our body down so we can grow. And minds are very similar. I find it very fascinating when teachers are simultaneously fans of perseverance, endurance, and grit, and yet they don't want for students to have stress or anxiety. You're gonna hear my cat in the background. I've tried to put her out of the room, but she cries and cries if I don't, and then she meows at me when she's in here, so you might hear my cat, but she's adorable, that's okay. There she goes. <laughs> but I'm going to say a little bit of stress isn't totally terrible. It can actually help you to be able to get motivated to do things, get things done. And I'm going to say that math, timed math fact tests aren't usually the actual source of stress and anxiety. Where it actually is usually coming from is how teachers position, talk about, and share about math in the classroom. If teachers themselves feel stressed about math, if they feel like it's not something that's capable, that, that's doable for them, they're going to pass those feelings and biases on to their students. So it's really important that we as teachers take the responsibility on ourselves to help ourselves learn to love math so that we can pass it on to our students. And when you approach a subject with fun, I mean, just think about it. Think about the subjects and lessons that you love to teach. Don't those always go super well? Because your energy just exudes from you. You're showing them how fun it is. You're wanting to share that with your students. It's the exact same thing with math. If we don't feel confident and happy and competent with it, it's not gonna be fun to teach and we're gonna pass that stress on to them. We also pass our own stress on. If you've ever had anxiety or stress from having to take a math, a, a timed math fact test, it probably wasn't from the test itself. It came up from feelings around the test, right? Like, oh man, I'm stupid, I'm slow. It's those feelings that just keep recurring. It's not the actual test itself that's doing that. It's the importance and the significance being placed on the test. So we as teachers need to, to know that, yes, speed and automaticity is important, but it's not the be all end all, and they're just tools. And so much data has been done on this. You are welcome to just read through. I mean, you're going to see a lot of more recent evidence saying, don't do uh, timed math fact tests. And that's because honestly, they're really good at blogging and SEO. And so their posts are probably going to come up towards the top of Google. But look back into the research done in the 1980s, 1990s, and before that. One of the reasons that timed math fact tests became so popular is because they saw the need for it. If someone has fluency with a certain math fact, they should be able to recall it within 900 milliseconds. That's actually less than a second. Now, I do give students about five seconds to answer because, you know, I want to like mitigate stress, but it's not a really bad thing for them to be able to recall that quickly. In fact, that really helps them. We want to be able to help them build that automaticity because when they're building more complicated problems, we want them to be able to do them. We want them to be able to be successful with them. Now, how do we help students build speed and automaticity without making them hate math, right? 
One way is by making them games. Think about it. So many students play video games that have timed elements. They have to, you know, have a final boss where they have to beat them in 15 seconds or 15 minutes or the level restarts or they fail, right? It's not a big deal for students to fail. We need to normalize failure and that will take a lot of the stress and anxiety out of it. But students are okay with speed and they're okay with timers. They face them all the time. It's just the attitude they have going in. They don't get as stressed about it. They do get a little stressed. They hate it when they lose but they don't get as stressed with games because they know they can just try again and they know they can be, have fun with it. If we make math a similar experience for them, it will be the same thing. Students want to play video games. They want to master them. They want to demonstrate an understanding and a competence with them. We need to make math something that they want to explore and play with and master. So how do we do this, right? Uh, if I could succinctly describe this, I could probably be a millionaire. How can we make math fun? We make it into games. There are so many other platforms out there that already do this. They are math games, but they're not necessarily making math itself an experience in a game. Now, if you have a computer station in your room or if your students have Chromebooks or laptops, there are some really amazing websites that they can go to to build their MathFacts fluency if that's specifically what they need help with. I'm a big fan of MathFacts Pro. It does cost $1 per student a year, but there are so many other options like Reflex and Fast Math that are really fun ways for them to beat their own time and they give really good data. That's actually why I'm such a huge fan of MathFacts Pro. If you have your students do um, like a times table practice, they can actually see which facts they've mastered, which ones they need to work on with speed, which ones they don't know, and they can see their growth over time. That is super encouraging and motivating to them and it makes them wanna quote unquote beat their score. And that's what they always tell me, I wanna beat my score. And so it's something I don't even have to encourage them to do anymore. They're excited to do it. Anyone remember Number Munchers, by the way? That was my game when I was a kid. Super big incentive to help me learn my math facts. It's kind of like Pac-Man, but not as fancy. Anyway, moving on. Another way that you can gamify math is by using intentional printable math game worksheets. You can do this during whole group instruction, small group instruction, or different math centers if you do math workshop or guided math. And I have so much material around math workshop and guided math. Look out for those in future episodes. We wanna make sure that we're explaining also that math is not all about speed. Like I said, speed and automaticity are just two components of fluency, but it's not all about it. So quick recall is helpful, but we also want students to know, hey, even if you're not quick right now, you may get quicker, you may not, but that's okay because that's not everything. If you can come up with the right answer and if you can explain how you got there and how you know that, and if you can demonstrate number sense, then that is amazing and we're delighted for them. But of course, speed is great because it helps them to be able to solve problems later. There's so much research about out there about this too and anecdotal evidence as far as gamifying math um, and, and with math fact games. I think anyone who went through school before the early 2000s would have experience with this. So yes, as I said before, the stress and math anxiety that's caused by time tests, as people would argue, I would say it's not from the time tests themselves. It's from the importance and significance placed on the tests. Same thing with standardized testing, right? When we feel stressed, when we know that teachers are getting evaluated based on those results, when we know that students are getting evaluated based on those results, 
at that point, we're like, it's not even about measuring learning, right? It's about measuring our effectiveness as teachers, our learning as students. And yes, it's stressful because we're putting that significance on it, especially when it also impacts funding, right? But that is a conversation for another day. So make it fun, make it light, breezy, fun, and easy, and you will see way better results and you will feel way less stressed out yourself. Okay, so let's get to some actual games and ways that you can help your students get more fluent with their math facts in the classroom. When we're teaching math fact fluency or any subject for that matter, you probably already know that it's really important to consider different modalities for instruction and learning. Now, note here, I'm not saying learning styles. I think that the learning styles theory has been debunked so many times, but we do want to consider different ways of helping students um, get that information. So when I'm teaching two by two digit multiplication, by the way, or uh, for example, I use the partial products method to teach it. I do the box method. I do the standard American algorithm. I teach them in all different ways. And if they pick one strategy that makes sense to them, I am totally happy as long as they can do it. This is one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of guided math, intentional math centers, and math workshops because it allows students to have some voice and choice in how they learn and do math. Okay, so let's get to the activities specifically. I'm going to start with a few different activities that you can do with them outside. So if you have a more structured recess or playtime, or if you're just able to get your students outside during math, that's a great way to help them love it, by the way. They will look forward to it if it's an event. One way is by playing mingle, mingle. And so for that, you have the students dance around each other. Of course, during COVID, you wanna take some precautions of that, but then you say a number and then students have to break themselves up into groups of this. So if I say three, they have to find two other people. And so they're practicing their counting and grouping skills. You could also even do hopscotch if you have some chalk and a sidewalk. You can set up different hopscotch setups with multiples of twos, threes, fours, um, if they're just getting started, or you know, if you really wanna just do review sevens, eights, and nines, and you can have them count them as they go, or you could even like have some random numbers and then they can only skip and hop on the multiples of a certain number. A numbered wall throw is another really easy way. You can have a whole bunch of numbers up on the wall. You can give them the math fact and then they have to think, okay, which number do I have to hit? And then they take the ball and they throw it at the number. Pass and catch is another really easy way to do this. Okay, you can count by anything really, but you can just pass the ball around and when they throw it to someone, they have to kind of communicate with their eyes and their body language. They say a number and then the next person has to say the next number in the times table. This is really good for in the beginning of the year when they're just starting to learn their facts. You could do the same with horse, right? With basketball. Instead of doing H-O-R-S-E, you could do, for example, with 11s, 11, 22, 33, 44, 55. Okay, so let's go over a few different activities that you could do inside. One really easy and fun one is math fact bingo. I love doing this. My students love it. They ask for it all the time. What I'll do is I'll print out some math fact bingo sheets. I make sure that everyone has a different one, or at least that there are several different sets. And then I'll use a set of dominoes to pull a random domino, and I will multiply those two numbers on there then they have to figure out what is the answer and they have to find it on their bingo card. I actually have a TikTok video where I demonstrate how to do this, so you're welcome to go watch that if you want an example. 
I love using dominoes in the classroom and another thing I love doing is a domino face-off. So I'll either have students flip into teams like boys versus girls or um, I will do a tournament where they all enter solo and at some years we've even done this where they compete against different classes and grades and that's always really fun. And so see, they're not totally averse to competition. Most students are. It does stress out some. But most students like the competition as long as you keep it fun. So I will pull a domino, I will multiply those two numbers on there, and then whoever gets it right gets a point. Pretty easy. I do similar things with dice and playing cards. Um, you can have the students roll two dice and, um, and they just multiply it, and then whoever gets the answer right gets a point. That's a really great partner game if you do math centers, by the way. And then I do something similar with cards. I will have them pull two cards, I take all of the royal cards out, and then they multiply the numbers and they say the answer. And the one to get it right first gets a point. Okay, so I kind of went through those in a fast and furious way. But if you like this kind of stuff, if you like being able to gamify math, make it more fun and easy for you and your students, I have so many resources in my Teachers Pay Teachers store for this. I'll leave the link in the show notes of this episode so you can check that out if you'd like. So yes, there's a movement to eliminate speed and automaticity out of math teaching, and I really don't think that's the way to go. There's a place for encouraging the speed of recall when it comes to math facts. Yes, timed math fact tests can cause stress and anxiety around math, but usually not on their own. What really does this is the teacher not feeling like math is fun or easy themselves, or that it's only something math people can do, quote, quote. Those feelings and biases do get passed on to the students. In short, keep it all light, fun, easy, and breezy, and students will be memorizing their math facts in no time and they'll actually have fun with it. If you make it fun for them and easy for yourself, they'll come to love it and you'll come to love it too. Anyone can do math. Your students can absolutely learn math and you are definitely able to teach math. If you don't feel like this is where you're at yet, that's okay. I'm happy to be a part of your journey as you're learning to love math. I host a free Facebook group with all kinds of tips, tricks, training, and tools for upper elementary teachers who secretly hate math. You are more than welcome to join, and I'll leave the link in the show notes for that. I'd love to see you in there. I hope this podcast episode motivated or inspired you today. Thanks so much for listening and for learning to love math.